Hello and welcome to episode 680 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, April 29th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Justin Mason. Justin, how's it going? It is going. I can't really... Did you have a good weekend? Yeah. I uh, went and saw the Avengers movie. Had a Same. pretty cool dad moment. Uh, taught my daughter how to ride a bike. Oh, that's uh, awesome. So, yeah, no, no joke. Literally jumped around like I just won the Super Bowl or something like that. <laughs> and uh, uh, my wife was like, oh, man, I wish I would have had videos. I was, I was like, oh, that would have been cool. She goes, no, I mean of you. Like, not of Because <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I was pumped. Of your celebration. Oh, that's man. So awesome. it, it was It was super cool. And then uh, donated all the money that I raised for TGFBI this morning to uh, Fantasy Cares. So that was uh, awesome. Over 2,600 bucks. Uh, from fantasy analysts and people who were getting into the uh, uh, the satellite leagues, so very cool. cool. Yeah, that's that's really nice to be able to uh, to send that over. So congratulations on that. Um, I also taught my daughter how to write. No, I also went and saw <laughs> Avengers this weekend and uh, enjoyed it. No spoilers, don't worry. But but you're running out of time, okay? Yeah, this is about it. Um, you know, I protected my stream for the weekend. We had words banned. Anyone trying to come in, be a wise guy, wasn't going to happen. But if you're going to linger on the internet, pretty much from now on, I understand that not everyone can go right away and you know, people got to work, people got life. I get it. But it cannot be protected forever. I think you should get a day for every $100 million the movie makes. So, like, this movie's oh making, like, a billion dollars. So you get, like, 10 days. You get 10 days, yeah. yeah. And like I said... Uh, Time isn't run hasn't run out, it's but it's running out. Like I will continue to keep the words blocked in my stream and we will keep an eye out for people trying to be clowns, but you you need to you know, try to figure out a way to get there too at some point. Um because or else you're just going to get spoiled, you know. It's just it, you're gonna have a hard time staying away from it. So, but anyway, we're not gonna spoil it. Don't worry, we are gonna talk so about some baseball. Though speaking of clowns, let, let's talk about this up at the front. Uh, we're, we're talking about getting together some uh, people together for these NFBC Last Chance League. So yes, uh, we are trying to decide whether we're each gonna do our individual one or whether we're gonna team up. So if you want in on one of these and we can fill up one or two leagues like hit us up on twitter at spore at justin mason fwfb so we we know like should should we do our own separate league should we do one league uh and uh i think we might have enough like if we have 22 people who want to go we can do two separate leagues where we each have a team people respond to me that they would want in though I'm not sure if all of them understood it's a $350 buy-in. So, yeah, uh, let's be clear on that. It's mm-hmm. 350 bucks. Second chance league drafting sometime around Memorial Day weekend, and you know if, if you're tight on days too, we'd have to know that so that you know not everyone uh, is going to have the same day, of course. But uh, yeah, let, let keep letting us know because we're gonna we're gonna do something with it, and whether it's like we share a team with with 11 of you. Or we get 22 of you and, and take take you on 11 apiece for something. We're going to figure it out. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's good to let, let, let us keep knowing that on Twitter. Um, let's dive into the news, though. We got a little bit of news. We're not going to cover bi- pickups this week because it was a boring week. I just – I still like doing it, and we'll do it on weeks that are more important. But you guys talked about Carter Keyboom yesterday. 
um, just kind of looking at the the top players picked up in NFBC main events, I just don't see a lot of worthwhile discussion to be had on um, Emilio Pagan was tied with Carter Keboom. I'm like, he's a decent discussion piece, but then Luke Jackson, Matt Adams, Hansel Robles, John Means, Luis Rangifo. It's it's not great. In fact, I will squeeze Emilio Pagan in here because we are going to talk some Tampa Bay Ray stuff. But let's start with Nate Lowe being called up. And uh, just to confuse everything, it's Nate Lowe to go with Brandon Lau. But he is being called up. I don't know the playing time avenue right now. But if you kind of look at it with um, with Joey Wendell going on the IL, there's some finagling that could be done with Yandy Diaz moving to third keeping Lau at second, put Lowe at first, G-Man Choi at DH. Like, there seems to be an avenue here, and Nate Lowe is, is an impressive bat. So he's somebody to really keep an eye on. And if you are in weekly pickups, you'll have this whole week to kind of figure it out anyway, so you don't have to rush out. But uh, what do you think about Nate Lowe coming up? 21 games into his AAA after a 28-game stint there last year. He's been excellent with three homers. 19% walks against 21% strikeouts, 300, 444, 543, excellent slash line. First base slugger, uh, Nate Lowe for Tampa Bay. What you got? Uh, I'm very, very excited, especially considering how the, what the power situation is like at the major league level. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could easily be a 20, 25 home run bat rest of the way, and this is a guy that has shown strong walk rates, uh, which the Rays like, and I don't necessarily think the Rays would be bringing him up as like a short-term fill-in type thing. I think they're bringing him I up agree to stay. It, it doesn't really make sense, right? You know, and he's he's 24, so he's not coming up, and and or excuse me, age 23 season, he's not coming up and really being challenged over the top or anything. Um, I think they're carving out a spot here. And I think it is the Wendell situation that that opens it because Yandy Diaz does go back to third. In fact, just this this morning, because they're always so quick on it, roster resource so fast. When I went and looked like 15 minutes ago, it wasn't up there. And now they've already got it. Nate Lowe in a, at least a platoon share of first base, G-Man to DH, Yandy to third. And, of course, they'll work around. Lowe is a left-hander, just like Lau, to further confuse things. It's really fun. <laughs> super, super fun. Uh, so Nate. Well, we should just call him Nate and Brandon for crying out loud. But uh, Nate Lowe going to come up, have a first base share, at least the strong side of a platoon. I truly believe that he's in all formats consideration um, as we see this time play out. Like even 10-team mixers, he has the kind of bat that could really make an impact right away. So I'm really excited about him. 15-team, 12-team, you really got to be in on this. So that's going to be good. Let's stay with the Rays because we have uh, two other two other things I want to discuss. Tyler Glass now. Another fantastic outing. And would you be surprised to learn that he's actually number one among starting pitchers on ESPN's player radar right now? It is not surprising to me at all, only because I knew he was like top five last week. So yeah, I another mean, he, great outing kind of propels him up there. Uh, I mean, I, I guess we start taking, do we start taking our lumps now or do we wait? Till after, I mean, it's a month. It's and it's a great month, and it's been six it's, it's amazing starts. Uh, I still don't necessarily trust him, but I'm buying into a lot of what we're seeing here because 
here's the thing, right? I've, uh, you're asking this because we've been negative. I've been particularly saying I'm not going to, you know, go crazy until I see this guy who's remarkably tall with great major control issues actually start to show something that can be believed in. Well, we're finally seeing that. And so I even said on a, on a solo pod last week when I was reviewing Arsenal changes, I'm not going to hardline and just stay against him. I'm not against Tyler Glass now, but I had to see something to believe it. I'm seeing some things. It is only 36 innings, but you have a 64% first pitch strike rate. That's going to uh, lend toward the, the, the walk improvement. Five ticks up on his zone percentage up to 50%. Those are two factors that I look at right away when I see a walk rate improvement to see, well, what, what, what do we got here? Is this something that's really believable? Is he getting ahead? Is he working the zone? And he absolutely is. And it's a 5% walk rate right now for Tyler Glass now, building on an 8% mark with the Rays last year, which was fantastic. And that's only average, 8% is. But he'd been such like a, a, a low teens percent walk guy in his major league and minor league career that I just wasn't going to buy in. And so I'm, I'm losing there as far as uh, you know having not bought in on Tyler Glass now. But I, I am open to you know boost. I already boosted him up my rankings. I'll probably jump him up again. I'm buying a lot of what we're seeing here. And, you know, it is something that you need to keep an eye on the consistency of the mechanics. But right now, through six starts, it's kind of unimpeachable. Yeah, I I don't think there's any question about the talent and what he's doing. Uh, for me, it's always going to be about how he is mechanically. Because, I mean, a lot of his control problems comes from his mechanics getting out of whack. Right now, yep. things are fantastic. And... Uh, he looks great, but that can all change. And it, this isn't sure. one of those things, especially because he's so tall and lanky that uh, he may be not able to repeat them. We've seen, we haven't seen necessarily a stretch like this in the major league level, but we have seen no. stretches from him that have been fantastic. And then he falls apart. So uh, if you're talking about like in a regular redraft league this year, of course you're holding on to him and just hoping for the best. I don't think, Especially un unless you have lucked into a ton of starting pitcher breakouts that you can move him. You know, most people can't afford to move an ace right now that's pitching. Like exactly. Uh, that being said, like if we ta start talking about where we're taking him in one of these second chance Royal leagues, Day leagues, yeah, I'm probably going to be on the lower end of wherever his ADP tends to be. Well, you'll get another month on mm -hmm. glass now, right? And we're going to see that ninety-one percent left on base rate come back to the pack. Like that's just a guarantee that no, no one, no one holds that kind of rate. That's like a reliever type of deal. Uh, but no one needs him to be a one seventy-five ERA to really, you know, uh, solidify the front end of your rotation here. I don't know. You know, we are going to have the the benefit of a, another month of data if he continues to hold the walk rate. That's going to to do a lot for me because that was my biggest concern was can he really consistently do it? If we're if we're t 10, 12 starts in at that point, I really start to look at things a bit differently for Tower Glass now. Would you take? Let's say you did luck out and you have the uh, the pitching um, is working out for you and Glass now is is on top of some other excellent pitching that you got. By the way, one thing I want to mention before I, I get into some potential trade talks here. He's a two-pitch guy, fastball, curveball. Now, if you're only going to have one secondary pitch, a curveball is a good one to keep opposite handers at bay, so lefties in his case. And he's been better against lefties than righties so far this year. Does that concern you 
to any substantial degree that that Glass now is essentially a two pitch guy, or not essentially. He he is. It's three point seven percent on the changeup. That's that's not that's not a pitch. Mm, it should, but it <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, yes, it. I mean, it does to some extent, especially because. Yeah, I mean he's six. What sixty six percent on the fastball right now is mm-hmm. seems like just so much, and people we're we're living in an age where people can catch up to ninety six, ninety seven miles per hour. So it's not like he can blow people away all the time. Uh, that being said, it's seemingly working right now. So it's hard to say. Well, it, it can't continue to work. I, I wonder as teams start. Uh, seeing him two or three times if uh if people are just going to sit on that fastball and 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 you know hope for the best uh but i mean he's already well, he saw boston twice in a row yeah so i mean he's he's, just he's blowing uh, past people he's been great i mean it, he opened the season against houston got to go out to san francisco and to the white Sox. that was nice for glass now then got Baltimore, but then Boston twice. And, you know, they're not Boston proper, but that lineup is still not something that you're going to take take away demerits for, for dominating. Like, he's handling the schedule, good and bad, coming at him. Glass now has been great. All right, potentially trading him. And and we don't really do the pitcher-for-pitcher thing because I just – yeah. I, first of all, I, I think it's fictional. I just don't think it happens a lot in leagues. Like Not, not one would, for one. Yeah. So would you take – would you take the bathwater, George Springer? He's the eleventh hitter in uh, yes. in the player raider. You you would take Springer and, and give Glass now. Yes. Okay. What about um, Alberto Mondesi? If I needed the speed, yeah. I th- let, let's assume needs match. Like you can afford to give the pitching, but you needed offensive invigoration somewhere. If if my average is feeling pretty safe right now, then yes, I would. Okay, what about Marcelo Zuna? I want to say Montesi's average has been awful like, last I couple think it's weeks. Like, yeah, he's, he's hitting two seventy nine. So, I, him having a down period would wouldn't be surprising. He's, okay, uh, yeah, I, I take Ozuna. Okay. Um... Yohan Moncada? That's a. I think I would take Moncada. Uh, is so you well. take a lot of the fast starting hitters in a in a buy high for buy high sort of move. Yeah, I think I would. I, that makes Mon- me think Mondesi, that you would. Mondesi is iffy for me because I do worry about the the average bottoming out sure. and the fact that he's not. Walking. But you have concerns about Glass now too, right? So you almost yeah, so, similar concerns for both. Yeah, I I might actually lean Glass now on that one, but uh, you, I think that's I think that's fair. The other ones they're established. Well, at least Azuna and Springer established, you know, kind of stars. Uh, I totally buy what they're doing, and I I do buy what Moncada's doing, and I think Moncada at worst, has a pretty safe floor because of his ability uh, to walk. He can take walks, power, and speed, although the walks have come down because he's being more aggressive. He's being more aggressive, and... but it, it's not like he's it's not like he's walking at a Mondesi-type level. He's still oh, walking sure, sure, like 8% sure, sure. of the time, which you know is enough for him to get on base. So. 
we'll, we'll, we'll take that for sure from, from Moncada. Okay. So that's Tyler glass. Now, um, you know, can't do anything. Yeah. You have to have moved him up, um, so far this year. And, and we were, we were negative on him and, uh, we're moving up after this first month. It's not, you know, it's one of those things. I'm not trying to couch and be like, Hey, I'm, I'm just waiting for the bottom of fall, but I'm also not going to run to the other guardrail either. I acknowledge the improvements. They, the, the walk improvements are backed by something. And so I'm moving, moving them up. Is he a top five pitcher for me? No. Is he top 20? No, probably not that either, but top 30. Yes. For Tyler glass. Now I, Let's, put, I ranked glass now 23rd. In so, my oh yes. Well, you, you absolutely gave him love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Then, uh, that that's that's perfectly fine. Let me see where I had him in my latest. This was bef- like thirty four, and he'll move up from that. Obviously, um, probably somewhere around around where you've got him. I, I even see a few guys here who have already kind of pushed themselves down. So Todd Glass now stud so far. You got what you, uh, you you got more than you bargained for, even if you loved him. Uh, Emilio Pagan, like I mentioned, was a hot pickup this week. Uh, he had three saves. Two were when Castillo, uh, Diego Castillo, and Jose Alvarado were getting rest. And then a third was when they went to those two guys earlier in, in earlier game. situations. Um, and that's just something that they're going to do. And it's almost like a little three-way party there for saves, which nice. <laughs> which really works for them. Like, it, it is this conundrum of being, you know, advanced metric guy, you know, money ball types or whatever you want to call it. And, and acknowledging that the Rays are doing the right thing, but then playing fantasy and being like, but we hate every second of it because <laughs> of what it does to, uh, to our game. Because yeah, you know, I, I'm never going to clown a guy for bringing in their best reliever in a sticky situation in the sixth inning when that's, you know, if a big lefty's coming up and, and you got two on with a one run lead, one out, you bring in Jose Alvarado in the in the top of the seventh or whatever the case may be. I totally get that, but that is cutting his saves. I think uh, for me, I was talking about Pagan on Twitter. I was like, you know, even if you don't think he's going to get a ton more saves, he might have already gotten a third of the saves he's going to get all year. I think he's got that viability of of this of a this year's Josh Hader, of a this year's Chad Green, Batances Miller, name them all. But the the stud middle reliever who's going to be in the mix enough to get saves and wins and big strikeouts that that you might want him anyway. 33% strikeout rate, 4% walk rate, 19% swinging strike rate backing up the Ks. 123 ERA, 0.27 whip. He's been fantastic. What do you think about Pagan and how he plays out with the uh, with the Castillo and Alvarado duo at, at the back end of this bullpen? Yeah, I think he's kind of third wheel in terms of a closer by committee situation that mm-hmm. is apparently brewing. That being said, I agree with you. I think he has a ton of value in terms of just being a guy who can give you strikeouts and great ratios. Uh, he also could have the wheels completely uh, fall off. I mean, he's had Homer problems in the that, that would be the one and the minors previously. Uh, but all he needs is one injury and he is getting half the saves or maybe more than that. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to invest, right? Yeah, I, I think so too. And that's why, you know, I was actually kind of bummed about that third save. I thought maybe the two saves 
would be seen, you know, by sharper leagues. It's like, okay, this is this is not something that's uh, that him taking the job. It's it's the two studs being rested. But then that third one, I think, is kind of like, hmm, here we go. I picked him uh, up an RDI to trade him. Okay, I like it. Baseball theories, whoever that is in in NFBC has f- at least four teams. And they were the top three bids on Pagan at 309, 299, 279. And then they were also the sixth highest at 199. And only one of those was anywhere near optimized. The secondary bids were 67, 37, 233, and 97. Yeah, so, I don't know who that guy is either, but that's some bad bidding. Just, to me, like that 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 could be the Tuki Toussaint situation. Yeah, I just don't think you have to go that high. That's no. all. I just, I I could understand, in even that this would be hard for me. But getting like going a hundred bucks on him, sure, seems like a lot. I didn't go that high, but yeah, I could understand. I went thirty four dollars on him in the main event. And I, I, don't I don't think believe that's, that came close. <laughs> yeah, I mean you didn't, but like, I I can't remember exactly what I went. I I wasn't trying to get crazy, but I was I was interested to a degree. I didn't want to. You know, bend over backwards for somebody that I just, you know, I thought he'd be overpaid for. That that's that was my concern. Yeah, he went for fifty five dollars in my main event. Fifty five? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's totally fine. And that that yeah, that I think is is totally right in the wheelhouse. So yeah, abs absolutely. Um, trying to find what he went for in mine. Sergio Romo went for seventy three in mine. So for context. Sergio Romo went for seventy three. Oh my goodness. He went for fifteen in mine. Or six sixteen. Wait, is that right? Was I really? Oh my god. I lost by a dollar. <laughs> oh, that's always the best. Oh, actually it didn't register my bid because I got my other guy first. Mm, okay. That's what happened. Okay, because I was like, why doesn't it say fifteen? As the underneath bit, because I got my first guy, which was John Means, who I'm a little intrigued by in a two-star week. We'll see if he doesn't he was, murder uh, me. He was my uh, high-risk streaming option on the Riddle write-up today. All right. Well, I'm I'm doing it. I'm doing it, Justin. I'm nervous. But my pitching can't get any worse. I have that loser Thor. Yeah, uh, Jason was really psyched by means when we talked to start pitchers yesterday. Okay, good. So. 15% swing and strike rate uh, is helping foster a 27% strikeout rate, 7% walks. Changeup you know, is nice. The changeup is, is really nice. Could he be the AL's Trevor Richards type of deal? You know, something like that. So yeah. uh, I'm intrigued. I went ahead and scooped John Means. All right, let's move off the raise then. It, that was in honor of, of, of Jason. He's here in spirit. Um, <laughs> Fernando Tatis. Did you see the video? I put it into the. I put put your video into the Roto write up. Did Did you uh, grab your midsection when you see it? Yes, I said uh, that. Uh, yeah, it it looked super painful. Um, yes, and I, so someone on on Twitter said uh, replied to mine saying there will be no Fernando Tatis the third. <laughs> I someone got mad at me on the Roto write up because I wrote that it was an unathletic move. Um, which like he's like it's not nice to make fun of someone for getting injured. I'm like, uh, I don't think I did. His foot slipped though. Like, I mean, I thought it was an athletic move, and 
and then uh, and then his you know his his leg, his foot gave out on him there. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it, it, either way, it's uh, you feel it's bad for the kid because he was uh, hitting the ball really, really well, uh, and and playing sharp defense too. That's oh, the thing. Great like, it was it was part of you know it it happened on defense to Tatis Jr. and that's that's part of the uh, part of his game that's been shining too. And we don't know the extent of it yet. It looks like a hammy. Uh, I think it was Andy Green who said, you know, we have to wait a second because these are these are some things that could be really bad the next day or markedly better. And so um, hopefully we'll get some sort of report today. They already had. I'm seeing if they play today, do they? Because there's a lot of short weeks. Oh, they do. They do. Yeah, they Um, do. So it'll be interesting to see if if uh, how he's doing today. They had already called up Ty France. Yep. Uh, And Luis Urias is uh, crushing it right now in triple A. So he and two or three home runs in in two games. I got France and I and I had an underneath bid of Luis Arias too, thinking like maybe, but I didn't want to get somebody who, and maybe I should have because if he gets called up this week, obviously the price is going to go through the roof, and I could have gotten him for like a buck, but I got Ty, that Ty France guy for three dollars. So been, we'll yeah, see how rushing it in Triple A. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes with Tatis, but right now it's just kind of a wait and see. If you have a weekly lineup decision, obviously wait until the last second um, before you know something. Yeah, thankfully there's if, no day games today, so you don't have to like – Yeah, nothing will lock. lock but if we don't really. get anything, what what would you do with with um, with Fernando Tatis Jr.? I mean, Let's say it's like a 15-team mix and you have like an Orlando Arcia type who you know has four homers. He's you know He hasn't been a complete dud, but he certainly hasn't been – I think awesome I'm just going to put in Tatis and hope for the best. Because, I mean, Tatis is a difference maker in your lineup. Whereas... I think I would, too. Because they have seven games, and a lot of teams don't. A lot of teams have five games this week. Exactly. Now, in the Arcia comparison, he happens to have seven as well. But that was just a random name off the top of my head. So, if you're looking at your backup having five games, I'm, I'm trying to think of who that could be. Like, some decent backup. Um on on one of the five game teams, I would just roll with Tatis Jr. and hope for the best. But uh, if you have somebody with the seven games, that might be a tighter decision. So hopefully we get news. But uh, Tatis Jr. didn't look great for his hamstring there. Let's move over to the White Sox. Two bits of news here. Ronaldo Lopez fans fourteen Detroit Tigers, <laughs> which is not particularly difficult to do, but it was still a great outing. You know, credit where it's due. He looked, uh, he looked fantastic, and in fact, you look at his last three outings, and two of them against Detroit, though, and this was kind of the guy that I was I was hoping for, but I'd already moved on in so many leagues because he had a 12-15 ERA through the first three starts that I was just fed up, but now he has a 150 ERA in the last three with 27 strikeouts and 18 innings for Reynaldo Lopez. I, I've had, we've had somebody on Twitter asking us to, to talk about him as if I didn't spend half the winter talking about how much I liked him and, uh, you know, pretend like he was going to be a thing. I don't know what to, what to make, right? I mean, I think there's been some cold weather situations in, in the first few games. Um, I'm trying to look up the weather for yesterday. Yesterday was 48, though, with some with some wind. So I don't even know if you can – like, what's the cutoff for him? It was 60 in the game before that, and then the one against KC was 55. So – Yesterday was the coldest of the three, and yet it was his absolute best start. And so it was 38 in the first game and 
44. I don't necessarily think this is a cold weather situation. I uh, And 39. I mean, they, those were markedly colder for Reynaldo Lopez in the first three. And I don't know. This is a bad team, but he struck him out, struck him out 14 times. Where are you on Reynaldo Lopez, though, right now? Because he is somebody who's available because the, the people who drafted him, a lot of them are in my boat where we had to move on. Couldn't keep taking the punishment. So is he somebody that you're – you're picking up or holding or what are you doing with Ronaldo Lopez right now? I think he is. Uh, The one big difference I'm seeing in, uh, in kind of the profile right now is, I mean, he's always been a fastball heavy guy, Mm -hmm. but he was at 92 miles an hour in his first start this year. Uh, And he's been at 90. Yeah. He's been 94, nine, 94, seven, 94, five, the last three games, the velocity is ticked up, uh, you know, one to two ticks over those first three starts. Uh, and that, that makes a big difference for a guy who's got to rely on that fastball because his secondary pitches aren't amazing. Yeah, for sure. And and if you look at, like, um, swinging strike rates, 7, 7, 8, 12, 13, 19. Like, he's clearly, clearly getting better here as – as he gets deeper into the season. And I don't think it's just competition. I do think that that certainly helps because the Tigers offense is absolutely brutal. But I mean, but I mean that is Kansas the division City, he's going to live in. He's, he faced Kansas City in that first start and Kansas City in the fourth start. So, I mean, yeah, it's not, I don't think it's all level of competition. I think when he's right, uh, he, he, you know, when that fastball is working for him, then he's going to be good. And when the fa- he has trouble, either commanding the fastball or uh, the velocity isn't up that day, he's going to struggle because he's never going to be a guy that goes deep into games, I don't think. No, it, it does seem that Reynaldo Lopez kind of works up his count, whether it's via the strikeouts, which are deep at-bats usually, or, of course, walks can be an issue. Big test this week. It gets it gets Boston. Let's see what he does on the heels of these three starts against a, a, you know, a bit of a struggling Boston team, but still a very potent lineup. And um, I think that could be a Would big you deal. Would start him this week against Boston? In a 15-team mixed, I think I would because I like to make bad decisions. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I think it depends on who you, you know, you're starting over. But let's say, uh, would you rather start him or Trevor Williams versus Oakland? Reynaldo or Trevor Williams? You mean Trevor Williams, best pitcher in baseball? <laughs> that guy is insane. Um, I'm 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 a strikeout whore. I probably would start Reynaldo. Wow. Okay. I don't I don't know if that's the right choice. It probably isn't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't I'm, think I'm I, sucked I don't back think, in, Justin. I don't think I would Save make that me. decision. I think I would. Save I think me. I would go Williams there. I, I think I think that's the right decision, <laughs> but uh, I will be dialed in on on Ray, Ray Lowe against Boston because I do want to see you know can he can he have a big start against a, a solid opponent like they, again they haven't been good this year but you're still going to get big credit for beating up that lineup and um, that could be that could be interesting that could really make uh, Reynaldo Lopez's shallower league roster rate shoot up as well. well. Let's stay with the team. Bad news now. We talked about Fernando Tatis Jr. getting hurt. Another. Uh, Uber top prospect is hurt, and that's Eloy Jimenez. He's going to be out at least a month with an ankle sprain, and this is a bummer, man, because you know he hadn't really gotten going. 
Um, you know, he hit a few homers a, a couple days ago. He has three homers. Nothing in his line had me worried either, though. This was just like a a hang with him or even go buy low in leagues. Yeah, where I, that's I think that's exactly what I said when we talked last. Was yeah, go go buy low on Eloy. Uh, I don't think really anybody out there is in a position to roster a guy. Like go try. Like I mean, I guess if your team's unscathed, I just have a hard time believing teams are unscathed. <laughs> well, you, I mean, you just don't want to believe it. Yeah, I mean, my team's actually. This is the first week all season that I didn't have to put a bid in in the main event. Like For, that I like I actually had. To. Yeah, I actually had a full lineup of healthy people going into this week. I, I did. I picked up two guys uh, yeah. for like a total of four bucks, but. Uh, I didn't have to. Uh, so it's nice. It's nice to you know have that uh, have that flexibility to say you know what I don't want to today. Yeah, I'm okay. So, but that being said, if your team is you know relatively healthy uh, and you can't, you've got a, an IL spot to go put him on. I, I would. I think he is like you said. There's nothing in the underlying metrics that said, that show tells me he wasn't going to break out of this slump. I think this is a guy just getting used to the major leagues. Yep. Uh, we talked about the last episode. He was dealing uh, recently with the death, death of his grandmother. We never know how that can affect someone. He's got a month off to get healthy and, and hopefully grieve that process. And hopefully he'll come back in uh, you know, late May, early June and, and be fantastic. Here's something. This is like admittedly a stretch, but Aloya Mena is now going to be out at least a month with this injury. Remember another Uber prospect who hadn't started off all that great, who had a month off mm, due to health, came back, absolutely went off. You know, he's going to have time to kind of marinate on on 21 games at the majors. I, I, we don't know. You know, we can't go pop psychology here and, and get in somebody's head. But I wonder if it's like, hey, I can kind of figure some things out here. Um, obviously he can't do much athletically until the ankle is ready to go, but then he comes back and he just, can he tear the league apart for the rest of the season? I think he absolutely could. He's so definitely got the talent to do it. I might even buy Aloy on the, uh, on the IL. I might, I might even do something like that. There so will, in, in shallower leagues, there will be people who drop him, especially if you're in like the online championship where, yep. uh, you have, uh, 12 team leagues, no IL spots. There are going to be teams that, that decide to just cut bait. Um, that's one of the spots I have him in and I, I'm, I'm going to hold tight. Let's say he's tracking properly with the, with the timeline for Aloya Menez going into our Memorial day draft. Let's say he's already on a rehab or something and they're saying he's going to be back in 10 days. So, you know, 10 days after the draft, where, where would you be drafting Aloya Menez? I think I would prob. I think he- I think I'll probably grab some shares around pick one seventy five, two hundred, and okay. I think he'll be going lower than that. So, I mean, he he was going about one ten, one twenty. I want to say, yes, uh, coming into this season, considering he'll have missed time with injury and and theoretically still be on the IL, uh, and that he struggled beforehand. My guess is he falls outside the top two hundred. Uh, and I, so I think if you pop him 175, you're probably going to get a good deal. I, I would, I would, I would think so, and, and hope so. But I would be open to buying Aloya Menes in that situation as well. Um, another bad piece of injury news that yeah, we don't know how bad yet, but it's you never want to see it. 
greatest player ever, Christian Yelich. <laughs> his back kind of grabbed on, on him. Um, we really do have a lot in common. People say we look like, which is insulting to him and really flattering to me. Yes. But uh, he also has a garbage back. I, dude, we have way, way more in common than I originally thought. But he's not likely to be in the starting lineup today, Monday, for Yelich. Nothing yet on an IL. What do you think here? It doesn't sound severe. Would you start him and just go with it? Because even if he misses the first two games, I feel like five games of, of Yelich is better than you know what most guys they're home all week too like yeah. what, what, what are you doing here with Yelich and his little little back tweak yeah you've got to start him just you got to start him and hope for the best it's like I said home all week he's gonna miss today but it was against a lefty anyways in Kyle Freeland uh he's hit all what all of his home runs at home oh, no he finally Correct. hit one on the road sorry oh okay if I hit one he went at New York a couple days ago so uh yeah no you've, you've got to start him it just yeah, 100% just yeah. just wanted to bring it up because it was it was a piece of injury news there but I'm not really freaking out over this I think you just kind of see if there's any news if he obviously if he hits the IL you make a, a move that way with Yelich but for now just start him and, and even if you only get this is the week too though that if you did miss a couple of the games and you only got five there's so many players that are only five gamers based on their own schedule anyway they're really not falling behind so it, you got to love that for Yelich uh, all right, last bit of news here out in your neck of the woods in California there, but it's for the Angels. They're going to call up Griffin Canning and let him debut on Tuesday. A prospect of note. Uh, what do you what do you got on Griffin Canning? Is he somebody that you think could play himself into immediate uh, mixed league relevance, or is this a wait and see sort of deal with the uh, with the right hander? Yeah, yeah with the twenty two year old right hander. I think you got to pick him up. I mean, with the state of pitching, <laughs> and especially the state of the Angels pitching, uh, I think there's no reason to think that he can't just stick in the rotation rest of the year there. Correct. And I think he's got the upside of probably a number three starter in fantasy. Okay. Uh, and he's been fan- absolutely fantastic uh, so far this year. Last yeah. year he struggled a little bit in 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 Triple A, but but the skills were there. Yeah, like the, yeah. The, the underlying skills were pretty nice for Canning. And he, age twenty three season, by the way, I said twenty two. Age twenty three season, college product, I believe, from UCLA. Is that correct? That sounds about right. Okay, cool. But uh, yeah, so you know, a little bit more of a a polished guy. Um, I don't know if he made the top one hundred or not, but. He's probably going to be pretty high. I'm clicking the link to the Angels right now. I'm sure he, yeah, he was, was fourth. Top under, yeah. He was fourth on their list. Um, so yeah, I think it could be somebody that that you want to get right away. Obviously, if he has a big start here, they're going to definitely. Uh, it's definitely going to pump his value. He the the first line from uh, Eric and Kylie. He's used very heavily at UCLA when sometimes throw in excess of 120 pitches during his starts, even as an underclassman. But uh, they did. They do have a guy here with with four pitches, uh, three of which rate average or better, and, and a a burgeoning changeup. So this could be a really interesting thing here uh, with Griffin Canning. Definitely someone to look at. Couldn't get him in NFBC leagues this this week because he hadn't debuted yet. But uh, do you go jump out in? I picked him up in the Barf League, which is a twelve team league. That, that was my, oh, sorry, my third, question. Sorry, okay, third, it's a thirteen team league, but okay, uh, yeah, I, I picked him up in the Barf League. I'm starting him this week. Uh, I believe he's got. He actually may even have a two start week. Uh, yeah, because starts 
Tuesday. It Tuesday. It depends on how many games the Angels play this week. Oh, so. it, no, they only play five games. Okay, so they but maybe that lines up. That, that maybe that lines them up for a two start week next week. It does because so. they play six games. Okay, and he would get at Detroit and at Baltimore next week. Oh, so he gets yeah, Toronto sweet. this week. So yeah, if he goes out. I almost don't want him to be too good because I don't want the price to be through the roof in NFBC mm-hmm. leagues. But you're not going to slide anything by them. If he looks halfway decent, he's going to be a he's going to be a big bid. That's Griffin Canning, Angels prospect. All right, Justin, let's move on to uh, talking about buying high on some starters. We already talked about Tyler Glass. Now I got five other starters here who are really going off so far. They're all within the top twenty for sure. In fact, I think the cutoff, if you just look at it, is actually top fifteen. All these guys are in the top 15 starters so far, and I just want to know um, if you'd really go out and buy high on them and pay a premium to get them. Let's start with our boy Luis Castillo, who's obviously been fantastic. You know, the market really didn't give a discount on him, and it turns out they were they were damn right for that. Um, he's been amazing, 30% strikeout, a little high on the 10% walk, but I'm not going to complain because the home runs are down, and I wonder if it's a situation like we talk about with guys like Bieber and and some others where, you know, maybe not just living in the zone on poor counts, on, on batter counts, and giving something hittable at 96 straight as an arrow to be sent over the uh, over the fence at 450, I think this might work better. So a few extra walks in lieu of being less hittable and less home run friendly, I think absolutely works. 241 BABIP, 90% left on base rate are not going to hold, but a 123 ERA and .95 whip for Luis Castillo. Are you buying high? And then we can get into some names that you might uh, you might trade for him. Absolutely. I ranked him as my 13th starting pitcher. Uh, he's looked fantastic. He's getting you know tons of strikeouts, but also getting guys to uh, go on the ground, not letting the ball get up in the air. Uh, he's... Uh, He's not allowing hard contact, only a 27% hard contact rate right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, everything, he's only got a 27% fly ball rate. Like, in this day and age, in this, you know, Fantastic. yeah, this kind of uh, juiced ball uh, era that we're going through again, that's amazing. And the underlying stats, he's got a, you know, a 253 FIP, a 330 uh, XFIP, a 360 Sierra. Like, Yes, he's probably going to regress a little bit from his 123 ERA, but it's not gonna it's not gonna be like oh this is a four ERA pitcher all of a sudden. This is a guy that is probably going to have a three ERA uh, the you know rest of the way and continue to be fantastic. Yeah, I agree with that on Luis Castillo. Now, when I when I propose these these names here, obviously we're assuming that the needs fit, right? We don't have to say well if you need the speed, you can't do that. Would you trade another one of my favorites from last year, Ozzy Albies, for Luis Castillo? Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would too, because again, if we're living in the hypothetical world where I can move the speed, and and he's got punch again this year, he's already got five homers. I'm figuring I need to go out and get some pitching, so I would do that. What about Tommy Pham? He's got four homers, six stolen bases. He's been on fire again this year. Mm. That's tough. I mean, I, I think that's completely need-based. I think that is an even trade. Okay, then that works. That totally works. Um, let's see. I don't know if this is higher, lower, or the same. 
What about Juan Soto, who actually has three stolen bases himself? Where the hell did that come from? <laughs> Six homers, three stolen bases. Uh, I want to say, aren't two of them? Uh, let me let me check his game log real quick because I'm pretty sure didn't two of them come against the Mets, who are like really bad at keeping runners on? Or one of them was oh against Degrom and the Mets. Uh, who do you want Soto? I'm not mad. I'm not no, mad about it. It's it's Damn. great. Yeah, I mean, he had five little chip in steals last year, so I thought maybe we'd do that again. And maybe that's it. You know, we've seen this before, where like a a big guy who you don't expect any speed from. I think Hoskins did it last year. You know, had four or five early, and people start extrapolating and like, well, what if he gets me freaking 15 this year? Shut up. He's probably not. He's you know, he could still end up base dealer. He's not a guy that I think is going to get a. He might get. Seven or eight this which year instead great, of the which would be awesome. Yeah. You, you take you take those to the mm-hmm. bank. Would you trade him? Your offense is clicking on all cylinders, but you got Thor and you got some pitching that's not working. Would you trade Juan Soto for Luis Castillo? I think I would. I, I think again that's an even trade. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, you know trades have to be a little bit of pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can't just make it easy and be like, some. oh, would you give Brandon Lau? Well, no shit, you would give Brandon Lau. So um, okay, that's Luis Castillo. Let's move on to Domingo Herman. Who's also been uh, been fantastic. Well, they've all been fantastic. So I really don't need to say that. But he found himself a role here as everyone on the Yankees got hurt. He came in with a role that that wasn't promised. But this was one of the uh, one of those ones where I wasn't trying to hear that. I was like that. Let that play out. Don't let that be the reason you don't draft Domingo Herman. Is that you think he's only going to get two or three starts? And he has obviously taken his role and run with it. He's got uh, 31 and two-thirds innings with a 256 ERA, 32 strikeouts, so uh, basically a strikeout per inning. AL best, .85 whip. Not walking guys, not giving up hits at all. Um, and he was you know, a little bumpy. Actually had his worst start yesterday at San Francisco of all places. Only four strikeouts and four runs. Um, that was a, a low first – no, no, he had three strikeouts against – Baltimore, but that was one of his lower strikeout totals, and it was definitely his highest ERA or earned run total. Oh, but he's those, gone six, you know, vaunted those giants. fierce giants. Yeah. I know, I know. But he uh, he's gone six in all but one of his outings, and it was the first one where he didn't, where the Tigers ran up five walks on him, so he had seventy nine pitches through five. Domingo Herman's been awesome. He's a a twenty six year old too, so he is like on that prospect cusp, but he's not somebody who needs to be babied, and you know they need to look at. Protecting for five, six years down the road, I feel like he he should kind of be a let's go, you know, what, let's see what you can handle here. So I'm not even that worried about his innings at all. How do you feel about Domingo Herman so far this year, and where do you currently have him ranked? I currently have him ranked as my 32nd starting pitcher. So okay, uh, and he has just jumped up my list uh, every week, and I believe a lot in what he's doing. I think he's traded a little bit of his velocity for some control. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it's really benefiting him, especially his command within the zone. It, it's been fantastic this year. Uh, and I, while there obviously are going to be days in which that eludes him and maybe he gives up a homer or two, uh, I think for the most part, I think this is these are these are skill changes I believe in. Uh, and he's going to strike guys out. I mean, he, he's currently got what like a twenty six percent strikeout rate keeping the walks down, keeping the ball in the yard, which is a hard thing to do in New York. Uh, but, I mean, he's had half his games at home, and all of his home runs came in one you know, one mediocre outing versus the Royals So uh, at home. So 
I I think Herman is a top thirty five pitcher the rest of the way. I, I I totally agree. I'm I'm really buying Domingo Herman. Uh, would you trade your favorite player and <laughs> Carlos Correa clone Paul DeYoung for Domingo Herman? Oh, if I needed the pitching, that would really hurt me. But yeah, I, but that seems like a really fair deal, that, right? Two yes. guys playing up with believability behind what they're doing. I don't think I would ever have to make that move because I think everybody in my leagues know, like, don't approach <laughs> me about DeYoung. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't come at me here. But Look it, for if that else. was the deal breaker, like that was the only person on my team that they that someone really wanted, yeah, I, I, I probably would do that. What about uh, Pete Alonzo, a, a standout no, rookie so far? No, not with the way Pete Alonzo's been. And I, I expect Alonzo to regress, but uh, he has been way more than I thought he would be Agreed. so far in his. And I just think, obvious, like I said, obvious. I think there's going to be obvious regression with Alonzo. But he's uh, been he's been magical. Yeah, <laughs> he's been so good. At some point, they're someone might figure out they need to stop throwing him fastballs because he can hit 110. Yeah, but it's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to throw some heaters. So if he gets that one early in the count, then it doesn't matter that you were going to throw a bunch of 78 ISO. It, it's it's utterly nasty. And I thought, you know, I thought he was going to be more of a, a standard power hitter, more of a generic kind of in the uh, Joey Gallo, maybe Chris Davis mold, which wouldn't have been bad. But he's showing much more at the dish, Pete Alonso. And I agree. I don't think I could do it for Herman. What about for Castillo then, looping it back to the guy we just talked about? That, is that more in the range yeah, that you'd be I think open that's to? that's more in the range that I would be open to. Yeah, I, I would need Castillo. What about teammate for teammate? Luke Voigt for Domingo Herman? Mm, that's a... Uh... Voigt's back. I mean, he's, he's really kind of living up to what uh, last year hinted at so far. And he has eight homers, 283, 397, yeah, I, 538 slash. I think, I, I think that's a fair trade. Uh, yeah. That one stings, and that's what it, it should it do. Yeah, it, it would definitely hurt to do, but there, there is always a chance that at some point the Yankees get healthy, and if Voight struggles, he could turn into a platoon batter or hit the bench at times. So I think that, yeah, I think that's fair, but, oh, yeah, that one would hurt too. All right, so that's Domingo Herman. Let's uh, move over to Mike Miner now, who's, man, he cost me in a uh, in a head-to-head league because I didn't really tr- trust him. And, you know, we have limited starts, so I, I said I don't really want to start him against this Seattle club. Seven innings, three hits, a single run, 13, 13 punch-outs. Yeah. Huge outing, absolutely cost me. That start alone would have been way more than than what I needed. Uh, I started clown-ass Luke Weaver instead. I hate I, I'm so bad at baseball. Like why do I why do I even play? Now it wasn't a choice of just minor versus weaver. It was I hear me here's me mapping out my week's starts. I'm not going to use this this April twenty seventh one from Mike Minor. Let's see where I am on Sunday and keep these in the tank so that I can start three guys on Sunday, including Luke Weaver. But that would have been the right switch to make. So I'm stupid. I'm very it's stupid. Mike Miner against Seattle, who's been that's, you know. One I was of the trying best to respect that offense in baseball. Yep. So like, I totally understand making that move, but 
But Miner's yeah. been fantastic. The Cubs ripped him for six earned in four and two-thirds on his first start, and you know he was cutting a lot of spots after that. Don't pretend that you didn't cut him. I guarantee some of you did. Um, he has a 175 ERA and 36 strikeouts in 36 innings since then, and he's been fantastic. Love seeing what we're getting out of Mike Miner right now. What are you feeling about uh, about what he's up to, and where is he currently ranked for you? I have him currently ranked too low. <laughs> okay. I have him 51st. Um, he's looking like the reliever edition from the Royals. Yeah. Remember when he broke out as a reliever, and we're like, well, can he hold that? And last year, he didn't quite hold it. He had a fine season, by the way. 418, 112 ERA whip and 157 innings is not bad, but there was no real buzz about Mike Miner. He's still in Texas, but... I mean, this year he's looking a lot more like that reliever edition. So you're going to move him up, but uh, where do you think you're going to move Mike Miner up to? That's the hard part because right now, let's see, I've got him, I said 51st. I've got Marco Gonzalez, who's been great above him, Frankie Montas, who's been great above him. I almost him. included Marco Gonzalez in this list, but I limited it yeah. to five guys, so Marco didn't get included, but he was close. I mean, he's probably going to move up to like four. 45. Okay. It's so hard to rank right now because, I mean, you've got the guys like, I mean, considering the way they've pitched, shouldn't I have him above Madison Bumgarner? Like, Mike Miner, like, I sh- but I have Bumgarner at 41 and Miner at 51. And because it's hard because, you know, you rank Bumgarner in the top 25 to start the season. Yeah, like at his what coming point down do start... versus Miner's coming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's it's a lot of those right now. You know, guys like you know, where do you put Tanaka? Is you know, shouldn't Tanaka be considering his track record a top forty starter? I don't know. I mean, you've you've seen this is the year to punt pitching because there are a lot of these guys that were not being taken in the top sixty of starters that are now probably top thirty five to forty pitchers. Um, and you know, we're going to, the next guy we talked about, I was really low on and <laughs> I've got him way higher than I'm comfortable with. Uh, so I like minor a lot and I'm sure the Rangers will trade him at some point, which can only which make can only his, help. Yeah, Usually. make his landing spot better more than likely. Yeah. I mean, unless he ends up in Milwaukee, uh, or yeah, Colorado, yeah, that's, true. that's true, but he, you know, he's working four pitches, uh, the velos up for Mike minor, I mean, things are just looking looking sharp He's right now. He's averaging over seven innings a start yeah. over his last five starts. I mean, it just... He's- He's really backing what what he's doing, and again, it's a situation where when when someone's toting uh, such a great ERA early on, they probably have a crazy BABIP and 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 or left on base right. And he has both two oh four BABIP, eighty one percent left on base. Those will smooth out, but it's hard not to believe in a lot of what Mike Miner's doing uh, as far as like a trade thing, teammate for teammate. Let's say you clicked on Pete Alonso. You got Jock Peterson, and you were you were fast on the finger for Tim Beckham. So your power is kicking. Mm-hmm. Would you trade Joey Gallo for Mike Miner? No. I Why believe not? in Gallo. What do you believe in in terms of like what 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 does that mean? What do you think is going to hit this year? Batting I think wise. he's going to finish the year as a two fifty five hitter and like forty five home runs. No chance. He hits two fifty five. Zero percent chance. Zero percent. He's right. already down to two fifty nine. Okay, There's maybe no maybe, maybe two forty five, but still like. Okay, 40, I mean, hey, listen. He's he's already he got nine home runs. We're not even done with April. Yeah, I mean, and, and if he hits two thirty five, even that is a is, is uh, mm-hmm. net 
a plus net value on what you paid for Joey Gallo. So I get it. I get it. I was just trying to throw throw a big name out there. What about Mike Miner for like a Yandy Diaz who's been performing? By the by nicely. the way, Gallo's hitting three forty one over the last two weeks. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> 250, 250 might not be. And that's with a 36% K rate. Which you know means it's it's a stone cold fluke. Well, you don't buy that's his all, 476 Babbitt? He's hitting 190 in the last week, so that's all the week before. <laughs> that's that's all that previous week as far as the last two weeks for Joey Gallo. Like, no, you stop right now. What about uh, Yandy Diaz for Mike Miner? I think that's fair that seems like a nice nice little yeah i think it's a win-win kind of yeah i think it's a good win-win um all right let me see if i got one more what about okay a real fast start guy um in in a similar mold like hunter dozier for mike minor i think that's fair as well yeah i think so too i I wouldn't want to do that because i love hunter dozier but Mm -hmm. you know you need the pitching someone comes knocking on your door for that I get it. I, I think too. It's easier for me to sell a guy like Dozier, who is in a bad hitting environment in Kansas City with a bad team yeah. around him. So even if he does a breakout in the way I, I I hope he will, it's not. He's not going to be like a multi category contributor more than likely. That's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, all right, let's talk about Caleb Smith, the guy you mentioned that you were particularly low on, and uh, he's he's trying to laugh in your face repeatedly. Here. He's got a two seventeen ERA, point eighty three WHIP, uh, with with you know the the two factors I talked about two twenty six BABIP, eighty six percent left on base, but really strong under underlying skills here. Thirty four percent strikeout rate, six percent walk rate. That's nearly in half from what he did last year, and a sixteen percent swinging strike rate is backing the uh the strikeout surge he's getting crazy chases now there isn't the zone or first pitch strike rate improvements to back the walks uh the walk improvement but hell i think you could even make a case where go back all the way to the 10 percent that he usually has for a walk rate and you'd still take that with everything else like okay so his whip might be a little bit elevated by adding four ticks to his walk rate caleb smith has been awesome where are you moving him to now that uh, you started him very low? So mm-hmm. I, it feels weird probably moving him like 80 spots up or whatever, but he's been fantastic. So what are you doing with uh, Caleb Smith? Yeah, he was not in my top 100 pitchers. I, I think when I did my hot top 121, uh, about the time you did your top 120, uh, I don't think I had him on my top 121. So to have him at 35 right now, Oh wow, yeah, you 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 made up for it though. Is is really eating crow and saying that so <laughs> it's a far. Crow feast. Yeah, it's it's saying that uh I was wrong and it's saying it because he is keeping the ball in the yard for the most part. And now he yes. has had I think the majority of his starts at home where the uh the environment itself uh helps him. Sure. Uh but like I, I would have, like I would have bet a lot of money on the last game that he'd give up more than one home run, and he only gave up the one, struck out eight in that. He, he's he's dropped. Where was his, that for Caleb Smith in Philadelphia? Oh yeah, yeah, for and, sure. Yeah, you're thinking and, he's going to give up two, three homers. Yeah, and I mean he's dropped his fly ball rate almost ten percent, uh, so a little over seven percent. So 
like they, he is doing things to make sure the ball isn't getting in the air. Uh, yep. he, you know, raising up his ground ball percentage just a little bit, striking out a lot more uh, guys, you know, keeping guys off the bases. So when he does give up the home run, because I'm pretty sure that home run he gave up in Philadelphia was a solo shot. Uh, yeah, because it was his only run. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, so and even when he gave up two home runs in Atlanta earlier this season in his other road start, he only gave up a total of three earned runs. So he still got a quality start out of it and struck out seven in six innings. It's I, I want to say like this could obviously go bad in a hurry, but what pitcher outside the top twenty could it not go bad in a hurry? So exactly. I, I can't let my personal biases coming into the season affect where I'm ranking him now. So I'll move the names up a little bit on Smith because I think you have him higher than than Minor. Mm-hmm. Would you trade? Would you Would you do the Joey Gallo one? Let's try that again real quick. I yeah, I think I would. I, I would too. And that hurts. <laughs> what about this one? Might not work, but maybe if you just floated it out there and said, you know, um, maybe the team you're trading with. Again, I'm starting to create all these circumstances, but like they they, they can afford to take the uh, the 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 wait and see approach with this guy. Would you do an Austin Meadows trading him on the IL and and get Caleb Smith? Or do you want to hang on to Meadows too much to see what he does when he gets back? I think if no, I think I'm holding on to Meadows because Meadows is supposed okay. to be back. I think here in about two weeks. I, if that was the only way I could get him, and that was the pitcher I was targeting, I guess I would. Because you never. It made know you what think though, happen. so I wasn't too far out of bounds there. I wasn't yeah, sure if it was I was going to be like Meadows. a snap I'm decision. A Me too. Big Me too. Meadows guy, and I mean, obviously he's not going to do exactly what he was doing because he was, you know, hitting 351 with a 324 ISO uh, before he went on the uh, on the IL. No, he's going to keep doing that. Things could, uh, you know, obviously go horribly wrong with Meadows too. Like it was a sprained thumb it, that could sap power. So, yeah, I think I would. I think I would trade Meadows for Caleb Smith, even though I don't want to. Okay. What about Christian Walker? One of the big standouts of oh. the year so far. Absolutely smacking the piss no, out no, of the ball. No, I'm taking taking Caleb Smith in that one. You are? I like Walker, but I, I could okay. see things going. Alex Fast is loving this part of the podcast. I know. It's. I, I feel like we Does should... he call you in the middle of the night regularly? <laughs> <laughs> and like hang up real he quick. He was and then very like, gracious over. And then you have to text him. You're like, Alex, I have call- I know that was you, dude. You did it mm-hmm. seven times in a row. You know your name pops up every mm-hmm. time you do that. Yeah. Stop prank calling me, dude. He was super gracious after this last one, though. Twitter in general uh, was not. I had probably got about 25 tweets of, can we call this one a victory? Can we call this one a victory? Um, but <laughs> Alex is like, oh, you know. Oh. I think- Things can change and, you know, and stuff like that. And, you know, he was being super humble about it. Probably trying to make up for the calling me while I'm driving to go get that my daughter. So yeah. I was, that, I was, was, that was cute. On that. Um, yeah, that, that was that was very funny. All right. Last one. Matthew Boyd, best pitcher in the universe for the Detroit Tigers. 313 ERA, 102 whip. 69% left on base rate, which is nice. It's actually not egregious, by the way. 72% is average. So he's mm-hmm. not one of the – and a 292 Babbitt. So he doesn't have either of the factors that we're talking about as far as being outsized. Those are kind of 
more in line with uh, with averages that you would expect. In fact, they are they are right at they are perfectly in line with his career averages. But he has a 32% strikeout rate backed by a 16% swinging strike. He's kind of Patrick Corbining it, dating back to last year, where he's really diving into his slide piece. 37% on his slider usage, and it's really fostering the uh, the the big strikeout rate. What do you think of uh, of Matthew Boyd? Are you a Boyd boy? And uh, where you got him ranked? Uh, this one this one hurts me probably more than all of them. Though the Caleb Smith is is close to hurting me. Uh, if if I told you that last year I had both Matt Boyd and Mike Miner on the same dynasty league team, oh man, and dropped them both. Oh, uh, yeah, that's uh, oh, no. in a league where I then lost like McCullers and uh, uh, Garrett and uh, or Garrett Richards um, and uh, God, one other pitcher. Oh, uh, Manaya, all all within like a week or two of uh, of dropping those guys because oh. uh, <laughs> I had too much pitching. Um, yeah. yeah, I. It, Ranking Boyd myself this last week kind of surprised me where he ended up in my rankings because I tend to just start with the rankings from the previous week and go, okay, does this guy need to be above this guy? This Okay, now I need to look deeper into this guy. And when things were all said and done, I had Matthew Boyd 30th. I love it. I had him 32nd in my uh, in my recent update. Um which is actually due for due for another update soon. I don't know that he's going to go up. He's probably going to stay where he is. But yeah, Boyd's been great. You know, my big concern was the defense. The defense, yeah, and it was my and, concern too. You know, strike out the world. You don't have to worry as much about the defense. Mm-hmm. That said, I still think that it can be a, a concern, and they're going to cost them some runs. Now, if they're unearned, okay. But my my concern will be that they'll turn a single into like a triple in the gap because they're mm-hmm. too slow and bad to get to it. Like stuff that doesn't automatically become an error is what I worry about most. But, uh, you know, he stood tall in Boston. He didn't have his strikeout stuff, but he was he was sharp for seven innings. Um, he was good against the White Sox this weekend, which, you know, is not over-the-top challenging. Uh, but they've got some good players in their lineup. Obviously, they have two of the bigger breakouts so far with Anderson and Moncada. So... Yeah, I like Boyd, and I do think he's a top 35 arm here for sure. Uh, you got to ride it out and see where it goes, and if the defense starts to become a major issue, we can assess from there. But right now, he's backing up this strikeout surge with a lot of strong skills, so I think you got to go ahead and go with him. He has a 222 whip. Or, sorry, not whip. Uh, uh, sorry, FIP. Wow, that would, 222 wow. whip would have been really bad. That'd be bad. Uh, yeah, uh, the 222 FIP. To go to kind of support that. I mean, his XFIP is 330. His Sierra is like 330. Uh, it's that's all fantastic. Like it's all great. And outside of the strikeouts, the strikeouts have obviously taken a huge tick up this year. Everything else he's doing has been supported by previous seasons. Like yes. his walk rate. He's had walk rates like this before, and even last year his walk rate was just a tiny bit above what he's doing. You know he's keeping the ball in the yard by helping by limiting uh, people to not hit the ball with such hard contact. He's getting more ground balls, which is supported by what he's done in past years as well. Uh, I just like what he's doing. I think the park helps him as well. Uh, mm-hmm. And that division, you've got two bottom feeding offenses that he can kind of take advantage of. And really, Cleveland in is Cleveland. almost a third. Uh, I was gonna say. You know, so, uh, I mean, the Twins' offense is 
pretty darn good. It's I think. scary. Yeah, mm-hmm. you you want to be you want to be careful especially with especially when they're hot like they are right now. And I think, oh my god, they love Baltimore so much. Oh, yeah. Well, who doesn't? I mean, like Baltimore yeah. is just a great city. That's where the wire was, you know, from. And um, you lived some time out there, no? I did. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I not in Baltimore itself. I, I live. I was stationed at Fort Meade in Maryland, okay. which is in Columbia, about thirty minutes outside of it. But I drank a lot in Baltimore. There Baltimore is where I hit my rock bottom as an alcoholic. Oh no! Wait, and you still have positive thoughts about Baltimore? I had a lot of fun. Like just because my life was awful doesn't mean it wasn't a lot of fun at times too. Well, I like that you're taking the uh, the positive spin on it. There, let's talk about some potential trade pieces for Matthew Boyd. Would you move a David Peralta, who's you know, yes, solidly backing up what he did last year? But if you need some pitching, I think you got to make this move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see. Well, first off, let me get this because uh, that's the last one. How do you rank these? Well, you you gave all the ranks, but I don't remember them. So, what mm-hmm. order are these five in? Castillo, Herman, Miner, Smith, Boyd. What are they? Uh, it is Castillo, Boyd, Smith, or sorry, Castillo, Boyd, Herman, Smith, Miner. Okay, so I need some names closer to the Castillo names to really kind of challenge really you here. Closer to the the Herman names. Oh, closer to my name. Okay, because yeah, I've got I've got Castillo like thirteenth. I've got Herman thirty second, and Boyd thirtieth, I believe. If that is yeah. what did we say about Moncada? Were you trading him for Herman? No. And would you for Boyd? No, I think he's too dynamic. Yeah. Well, this guy just got hurt, so I don't I don't love doing this one. It's almost like uh, kind of easy now because it, it, we don't know what the extent of it is but i was gonna say trey mancini let's say everything's fine he followed the ball off his hands let's say he's good to go nothing wrong yeah i'll trade mancini. 355 i'll trade mancini for for uh boyd for boyd okay mm-hmm. what about michael brantley yeah he's got five homers and three stolen bases uh 312 average on a great team health always a concern that's the big thing for me is the health is always a concern and so I'm all about if I'm unsure about their long-term health, getting out from under a guy at top dollar. Yeah, and this would be—I I mean, this would be a nice move here. Um, okay, yeah, I think that that that'll that'll cut because you're not going to do Alonzo. We already discussed that one. Here's one. Nah, you, you you wouldn't. Well, I was I was surprised he was this high. I guess it's just counting numbers because Mitch Haniger's only hitting 250, but he's still ranked top 10 with seven homers, three right, steals. He just hurt his shoulder too. Yeah. So would you would you wouldn't be selling high on Hanneker? Would you would you do that for Boyd? Say hey, you know he's a little nicked up. Let me just get Boyd. I'm not going to take your ace. I'll take Matt Boyd and, and and get out of your hair. Would you do that for Hanneker? I don't think I would trade Hanneker for him. I'd rather wait to see what yeah. the, what the situation is because I feel like it's a gamble worth taking. Yes, of course it could go the wrong way and he hits the IL or whatever. But if he's fine, then I do think I can get somebody a little bit more established than Boyd. So I, I'm with you there. But uh, there's. Top f- five top guys that were t- uh, potentially buying high on as far as pitchers go. All five of those guys are in the top 15 of ESPN's player rater. Castillo is third. Herman is fourth. Miner seventh. Um, Smith 13. And Boyd 15th. And I mentioned Tyler Glass now, who we talked about earlier in the show, is number one. Now, I didn't include him because we'd already, we'd already kind of talked about him. So you might have to go out and start buying high on some guys because the pitching landscape right now is is a tough one. The crazy thing is, and I, I doubt anybody has it just because of the the odds of it. You could feasibly have like four or five of these guys on a team, oh, yeah, easily, sure. easily, because of where they were going and everything. So I, I do wonder if any of you have 
multiple of these guys. Uh, let, let, let us know. I think our boy um, Yancey Eaton actually tweeted at uh, uh, Nick. Um, I'm going to see if I can find the, uh, um, find the tweet uh, about, like, yeah, like he because, – because of following Nick's advice, he's got, like, a bunch of these different guys. Um, let's see. Well, well done, Yance, because that's uh, – Yeah, so he, he tweeted here. Here's the list. Um, two days ago, he, he said because of Nick's advice, uh, he's got Miner, Caleb Smith, Boyd, Paddock, and Musgrove. Wow. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> That's really nice right there. Imagine having that kind of pitching on a team. That would be so cool. That, I mean, that's the kind of stuff. I mean, I think I've got four of these guys on my TGFBI team. Um, so your TGFBI team is beasting? Is what you're pitching has been great, especially yeah. considering I lost Clevenger. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, you know, uh, it's uh, <laughs> uh, hope. I think I'm actually as of today. I, I checked this morning. I I was 69th in the overall. Nice. You basically won. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're you're in the league. I, I took a screenshot. You know, like that one guy in the main event, like took a, or he he drafted all the guys from Seattle. Yeah. So that way, he'd be first in the overall for a little while. Like that. All I wanted this season was to be 69th overall in TGFBI. I feel like this season is a success. It, it's it's been solidified. That's awesome. Yeah, my TGFBI team's not doing too bad, and that's with Thor being garbage. But I have Verlander, Musgrove, and Marco Gonzalez kind of stabilizing things, so that's kind of cool. But uh, all right, no, that's going to wrap us I up. I just looked at my TGFBI team, and no, I only have Castillo. <laughs> oh, Aaron well, Sanchez, still, who's been great, still beasting. I'm six. I'm seventy second. I could move up to sixty ninth tonight. Well, but that's my spot. No, I would like that spot. That would be very nice. All if right. I got that well, spot. I'll take first overall, and you can have 69th. Okay. Sounds great. Sounds great. Um, all right. That's going to wrap us up. We are. We will make the DraftKings game tonight. Mm-hmm. Look for it on Twitter in the Facebook group. There's usually spots open. It doesn't all fill up tonight, so you don't have to be the night owl to get it. No, but I, if you I think we make should sure enlarge you get the spot. it. Think so. Yeah, I mean, we. I think the next up... step up is a buck fifty, though. Yeah, I think we can do it. We filled up. Uh, a hundred before like ten a.m. my time. Yeah, last so before noon. Okay, I'll do it. Do it, and and, and I do forgot it. to post it in the Facebook group until like there was like ten spots left last week. So I'll do it. Okay, so that's gonna I, I be think, it's gonna be one fifty. I think we're I think we go one fifty. All right, we're gonna do one hundred and fifty folks this week. It's a little five dollar game. Um, I don't know how many spots I'll pay out. I'll, I'll pick one of the higher ones. I like to make sure a lot of people get a little, little taste. And, um, yeah, so look for that tonight. I, I'm usually streaming on Twitch Monday evenings. You can come in and get the link there. If you don't get it off my Twitter, it'll be in the Facebook group tomorrow. It'll Justin, the right up. Yep. great talking with you, and I'll talk to you later this week. Take it easy.